And now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose. And welcome to episode number 321 of This Old Marketing for Thursday, April 28th, 2022. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and a guy who's, well, definitely not going to leave Twitter now, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Are you, you're not leaving, are you? You're, you're not going to leave Twitter? I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to leave Twitter. I don't care what Elon okay. does. But did you see that, okay, we're recording this Thursday I think it was Wednesday or Tuesday. They saw like a 20% increase in Tumblr subs. Did you see this? It's a thing. There, yes, that there, there's, a, there's a whole angle for stories right now about how right-wing uh, celebrities are seeing a big boost in followers and where left-wing uh, are seeing a big decrease in followers. So the theory seems to be that the news of Elon controlling Twitter is is basically forcing, not forcing, but inspiring uh, a number of people to leave the platform. Which I'm a little spec. I'm I'm a little I'm, I'm a little uh, I'm, a, I'm not a little suspicious of you that. You think that it's just. Uh, a- trumped up charges from the media well i don't think i don't think it's i'm not sure it's a you know because if you actually dig into the numbers you know so let's say it's what i what i read was two hundred thousand people left um and so if you if you do the math two hundred thousand is four hundredth of a percent of their total you know their total sort of audience of 420 million again depending on whose numbers you believe um so that would be like if you had 100,000 subscribers, 47 of them left, right? So it, it's, you know, it, it, the numbers are low because if you dig in, like if, even if you look at the numbers that are, that are there, it's like, it, you know, follower growth rose by like 0.01% and, you know, subscriber loss was like by, you know, 0. you know, 2%. So you're saying it's basically so it's, a non-event. You get you get a swings both ways. I, to me, it's a, you know it's a, it's not it's it's an event, but not an event, not a catastrophic event, right? I mean, I don't think it's indicative of a mass exodus for the doors, nor do I think it's a mass growth of you know. Do, I don't think you know the pendulum barely swung. Yeah, it did swing, you know, and as you would think it might, right? I mean, there was you know, there's no doubt that he was going to get some people to be inspired to follow. Um, you know, but, it, you know, I mean, it could be just as much bot activity as well. Yeah, by you're the right. The bots are just crazy. I was on uh, recording Mitch Joel's podcast yesterday, and he was saying that Elon Musk is the is basically a godsend for Joe Rogan. Because at the time, a few weeks ago, before all this stuff happened, I mean, Mitch was saying that Joe Rogan was on the verge of being canceled. There was a rage against Joe Rogan. And then... As Elon starts doing Elon things, have you you haven't heard anything anymore? Actually, you haven't right. heard much. That's right. About, I mean, unfortunately, people are talking about the war less too. I mean, there's it's it's almost like it's been all Elon all the time, and he must be in his glory because he loves this. He loves the attention. Oh, he's yeah. This is this is right up his alley for sure. Did you yeah, see the I one mean, billion I, dollar out on both sides that they? Did you see this clause in the, the in the agreement? Basically, if Elon I did not see this, yeah, if Elon says anything disparaging about Twitter uh, before the deal closes, which I think the deal is supposed to close in October, he owes like the deal doesn't happen, and he owes a billion dollars. And then there's something if Twitter does something or Twitter backs out of the deal, Twitter owes Elon a billion dollars. It's actually in there. Oh you can go God. read it. It's nuts. That is. Yeah, but there, is, but there were there were people nuts. out yesterday saying that Elon has already said disparaging things about Twitter's current policies, 
And theoretically, Twitter could enact that and say, sorry, you owe me a billion dollars. I'm off. I'm out. I'm done. We're done. Because yeah, you can't I'd... stop your tweeting. <laughs> the little tweet that could. He's... Yeah, the little tweets that could. He's... he's... It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. You know, I, I think, uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I, it's, it's, I, I made it the topic of my, my weekly letter uh, this week for, you know, for, for Content Marketing Institute. And, and, and I, you know, the thing I said was, you know, what's going to change? Not a lot, right? I mean, it, not in the short term, I don't think. I mean, I think, you know, the, hopefully the only thing that really changes is that the circus ends and that the people who are at Twitter trying to do interesting things can start to do interesting things again and, and you know, keep the platform going. And uh, the long term, I just think, you know, because if you looked at the deal, the way the package was done, it's pretty clear that when he said it wasn't about the money, it's not about the money, right? I mean, he just really, really wanted this company. And, he, I, mean, he, I mean, he leveraged himself to the hilt to get it, uh, you know, and the other... Uh, reference that I make in the in the weekly letter is that it's, you know, it reminds me very much of Victor Kayam back in the 70s, right? When he, you know, bought Remington Shaver and he was like, I like the product so much I bought the company. And people forget that that was a leveraged buyout too. And one of the first leveraged buyouts actually. And he he actually turned that company around in the first year from a from losing $30 million a year to actually profitability. So, uh, you know, but this is totally different, right? Because Elon doesn't seem to really care whether or not the thing makes money or not. But at the same time, he really has to. <laughs> because if this thing goes, you know, if Tesla stock goes down, you know, Morgan Stanley, the, the other part of the deal that I did see is that Morgan Stanley has like a, a lot of leverage power here to say, you're going to have to start selling Tesla stock if it goes down to a certain point because it has to be leveraged yeah. at a certain percentage. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it was whatever the day after this was announced that tw- that uh, Tesla stock did go down 12 percent. And yeah. And you know well, what? If I was a Tesla shareholder, I don't own Tesla stock. But if I did, I would be concerned because this is just another distraction. I mean, I want Elon focused on Tesla. On, on well, that's all the, the things thing. that they're in, but but you know what? To to Elon's defense, Elon has the boring company, has Tesla, ha, is in a thousand other things. So maybe the guy just excels on always being distracted and not being focused on any one thing. I don't know. It could be true. It could be true. Well, you know, even as we speak, uh, I believe today is the day as we record this. Probably live as we record this, we could check it in real time that uh, Twitter is announcing their their quarterly earnings, which are expected to be bad. But but um, you know the, the it depends on how much they swing and miss, I suppose, to see what how that might affect this deal too. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they come out after the close or or what the case is. I don't. Th- I think they're supposed to come up. They're supposed to come out before the open today. Earnings call results available. There you go. Yeah, it looks like they beat on EPS, missed on revenue. Have to, which would be baked into the price yeah. anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't look like the stock's not doing no, so anything. It's not gonna, so it's right. everything. So it's not going to expect. So yeah. So basically, that that that's baked into what was yeah, going on. It says on. Twitter so misses revenue. Change anything. So Barron's came out here with an article that says Twitter misses revenue estimates it will no longer be providing guidance <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no yeah. duh that's right <laughs> yeah of course it's not. except in twitter except on exactly. twitter you might exactly. get some guidance but the yeah. this is the thing that i was you know because well first of all i was completely wrong about this i think i said on the last episode that elon wouldn't buy it it would be some vc company or somebody else that would come out yeah. and of course i was i think somebody else on i think somebody else on this show may have called it yeah yes i mean i, I yeah, I will totally tip my hat to you on this one. Uh, the worst thing is my my youngest sent me an email and said, "Dad, you're wrong." Look, I'm like, great, like I need that. I, <laughs> I need, <laughs> right, need my exactly. family members to call me out about my my business predictions. But here's here's the math that I did. I was really looking at it, and you're right. He really wanted this, but I think it goes deeper than that because we've seen. Very famous people get kicked off of Twitter's platform for much less than Elon has done, 
right? That's right. So let's just put that out there. So theoretically, Twitter could have at some point blocked Elon and said, you're off the platform. And we know some very famous people, like former presidents, that the same thing happened, right? So, So I was just doing the math. Elon has 86 million followers. I don't know how many of those are bots, but let's just say they're all real people. 86 million followers. He basically spent about $500 a follower so he would not get kicked off of rented his rented land. That's basically what he did. So now he he's yeah. now he he has that owned media channel. He knows that's that he, right. I mean, so you know, we talk about the whole rented land thing all the time. Like what we don't have any control over it. Somebody kicks off us off of Twitter or Facebook or or Instagram. We can't do anything about it. We can complain, but yeah. who's going to listen? But Elon took it into his own hands and said, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm just going to buy the media. I'm going to buy the access like uh, a number of other billionaires <laughs> have done recently, uh, like uh, Jeff Bezos uh, comes to mind, Warren Buffett, regional newspapers, Bloomberg. I mean, go down and on. You've got a lot of a lot of white male billionaires out there doing exactly what Elon just did. So, Which, by the way... And, and, and as a side note, that's exactly how I ended my article this week is to say, you know, Elon learned the don't, buy, don't, you know, don't build your house on rented land and, and basically took it literally yeah. <laughs> and basically bought the land he was renting. Um, and we all now have a new landlord for the, you know, for the space that we're renting on Twitter. And, and, but let's also not forget that, you know, I mean, well, I mean, it puffs out our own chest. So I'll, I'll say it with, with a level of humble brag, let's put it that way, that you and I talked about this many years ago when Bezos bought the uh, the Washington Post. We said, this is the first of many of these, right? Yeah. You know, when we, you know, when we talked about Benioff buying time, Be- Bezos, 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 basically Lex Luthor um, bought Washington Post. We said this is the first in many of these that are going to happen, and and by the way, folks, this isn't the last one. This isn't the last one that's going to happen. There will be more of these in the future, as especially as we start seeing streaming media consolidate and social media consolidate. There's going to be you know there, this is only the not the beginning. I would say this is probably the middle, but the it, it we're going to see more of this too. I would agree with that, and I would also say. It's not just because it makes business sense for them to do this. It's just because of the extreme wealth and wealth gaps that we're seeing that make this possible. That's right. I mean, the fact that yeah, the true. fact that Elon, as of three days ago or four days ago, was worth almost three hundred billion dollars and could you know buy all the Olive Gardens he would want to buy with that—that's crazy. So yeah. we're at that point where you have an individual c- that can buy a company that's throwing off three point five, you know, that has revenue of three point five billion dollars a year. That's great. That is nuts. So yeah, well, it's going to have to make that much at least just to throw off enough cash to pay the interest rate on the credit card that he just took out to buy the company. So it's but he doesn't that. But money is still cheap right now. He he can he can yeah, obviously true. get that cash if he needs to. He can do a half. He can he can do half a dozen things that would make that happen. It's just a pain in the butt. He probably also doesn't want to pay the tax bill. So this is a lot easier for him to do it this way than selling all of his stock. Because then he has to because then he has to pay probably thirty eight percent or so on the gains between twenty and thirty eight percent, depending how smart his accountant is. Yeah. Right. So. It's this was the smart move for him to make. You know why? Why go through that hassle if he can get almost free money? Well, it's a lot of leverage. It's a lot of leverage. I mean, it. You know, is it? He's he's making. Yes, it's it is. not a lot Absolutely. of leverage it's when you look at how much he is worth. It, but it is though because that most of that worth is tied up in stock, and so if that stock, I mean, what you have to believe is that what happened to Netflix won't happen to Tesla. You know, Netflix threw off, I don't know, 40 or $50 billion in value over the last six months. Look at Facebook. Look at how what happened to Facebook. 
Yes. Facebook, with a couple of bad, you know, earnings announcements and their sort of foray into the metaverse, has thrown off almost half their value. It's down, you know, Facebook stock is down right now, I think, 60 or 70%. Yeah, something crazy. But at the and same- what we have to believe is that's not going to happen to Tesla, right? So Tesla has a bad earnings, something happens, you know, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, so many things could happen. And if you believe that Tesla stock could go down even by 40% and Morgan Stanley goes, hey, we got to, you know, do a thing here. And and then Elon goes, okay, and sells some Tesla stock. Now Tesla shareholders see that he's selling Tesla stock. That triggers the market fear even more, brings down this, you know, I mean, it, it there's a lot that could happen that doesn't go Elon's way is all I'm saying. I, you. You are right. There are a lot of things that could happen, although it should be noted that Tesla has come off their greatest quarter it of defied, earnings yeah, ever. It, it's defied gravity. Yeah, we've ne- nobody no doubt about ever it. expected this to happen. A, yep, a, fit, you know, a $60 billion revenue company. And the, the, the I don't know if you saw the tweets go by, but they were talking about all the elect, electric vehicle tweets during the Super Bowl and how the more – or the, the – the, uh, the ads during the Super Bowl and the more EV ads from other companies, they all go to Tesla because Tesla is yeah, the number one. Right. They're like, they're not, yeah. those ads don't sell the, the specific EV car. They're selling EV. And that's then you right. go to the number one player and, you know, of course, Elon Musk is loves to go out there and say, we've never spent a dollar on sales and marketing, which, by the way, is not. Yeah, it's 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 it's, that's well, that is that is the benefit of creating truly a content brand, right? A media brand. You know, I mean, it's the it's the equivalent of saying inbound marketing these days. And when you say inbound marketing, there is only one company that comes to mind. And so it is, they are benefiting from that. No doubt they are benefiting from that. When we'll see, we'll see. We will see. It will be interesting for sure. My article concludes, by the way, by saying basically the the one thing we know for sure is that the range of opportunities and potential disasters for Twitter just opened up <laughs> just opened up in a huge way, right? So yeah, so we it, don't know. We don't. We look at we let's don't put, know. Look, nobody look at, knows. No, none of these changes are probably going to happen until October, anyways, because that's, that's when right. it's not going to yeah. close until then. That's when the shareholder meeting happens, yeah. and and people will vote on it. So, so, it just, so yeah, so just everyone hold their horses. This is just you know, it's it's nice, uh, nice to talk about all these rumors, but there's nothing happening right now. But well, speaking of talking about rumors, we should probably talk about our sure. show. We, that we have, we, because you know, again, we again we didn't talk about the NFL and the draft oh my is God. tonight. By the yeah, way, you've got to be excited. Be, I'm not. I'm well. We're, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm marginally excited. I you know I, I'm going to pay attention, but you know, it's there's not that there's not what that much to do pay you attention have? to. It's a weird it's a weird class this year, and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of superstars. That's for sure. What pick do you have? We're for 24. The we're 24, Cowboys? but everybody everybody seems to think that. Uh, the Cowboys are going to try and trade up and get you know get into the top ten or top fourteen at least. Uh, well, we have no draft picks. We let we, I know. we have, we I have sent them all you guys away. Have... We actually we actually uh, enacted uh, reenacted the movie Draft Day, where we gave up all yes. the draft picks. That's that's that, right. That happened. Except we didn't get them back. Like Kevin Costner got them back in the movie Draft Day. We it just didn't happen. Yeah, we they're gone and they're never coming back. So yeah, that's so. So for the first time in a long time, the Browns have no, yeah. not even an early pick, it, no picks. Uh, so the, there we go. Well, you got to figure out what you're doing with your quarterback. But um, other than that, uh, let's move on sure. and let's talk about our show. Uh, we've had a fun show here. This is sort of the uh, zig and zag, or. The two sides of Zen. Um, we're going to talk a lot about ad models versus subscription models in this show because it seems like with earning seasons upon us, there's a lot of tension in terms of which models are the right way to go here. Well, you know, ad. We're going to talk about how ads seem to be growing, except where they're not growing. Uh, we'll talk about subscriptions uh, and how no subscription services aren't dead just yet, even despite Netflix's fail, um, because there's other things that are doing much, much better uh, with subscription models. And then we'll talk about a beauty company 
who is figuring out a new way to monetize crypto as a stock purchase, which is really interesting. Uh, And if we have time, we'll cover how Instagram doesn't like your whole TikTok thing. Uh, And then I've got a rave on uh, this very fascinating new site. Um, I'll just tease it up by saying it's called Non-Fungible Testicles which is just awesome. Um, and that hopefully keeps you going till the end of the show. And you, Joe, your rant or rave. Well, we just lost uh, half the listeners is... just when you mentioned that. I but know. Yeah, I'm, I, it's I'm so going good. to... It's so good. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about my my exploration into the Be Real app that I downloaded. I don't know if I told you that I downloaded okay. the app. Oh, no, I can't wait I did, to hear yes. that. I almost I'm, did that. Oh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk all about it. <laughs> I like yes. it. Oh, that's good for you. Yes. Good for yes, you. Good. Not really not, but we'll we'll talk about it. Oh, oh, I can't yes. wait. Oh, I can't okay. wait to hear. All right. Well, let's get to our first story here, which is the ad market, which seems to be growing except where it isn't. We're going to link to two stories here in the show notes. Uh, the first story comes to us courtesy of Search Engine Land, uh, where it's talking about Google and Microsoft reporting strong search ad revenue growth. Uh, and the article opens up by saying search advertising revenue grew in the most recent quarter for both Google and Microsoft, which of course is Google and Bing for those keeping score at home. Last night, Alphabet released its quarter one 22 report and Microsoft released its Q3 earnings report. A strong year on year on growth for, of growth for Google. Uh, overall, Alphabet reported revenue $68 billion, up from $55 billion in Q1. That's huge growth, by the way. Uh, zooming in on Google Search, which accounted for 58%, 58%, that's an important number to remember, of Alphabet's revenues, uh, and on and on. Uh, basically, then it goes on to talk about how uh, Microsoft had similar kinds of growth for Bing, strong year-on-year growth for them as well. The sort of butt and buried lead here is how poorly however, the revenue growth for YouTube was in that uh, in that idea. So there's some interesting challenges there, and there are other articles that are uh, calling uh, ex- uh, exceptions to that, and the one we'll link to in the show notes is from Media Post, which talks about double-digit YouTube ad gains send Alphabet stock down, actually, because everybody's afraid of an ad recession. So the article opens up by saying, when is a 14% increase in quarterly ad spending a bad thing? When it's for YouTube, says the article. It was a healthy double-digit increase, but it was a deceleration from its 24% growth that YouTube had seen in the fourth quarter of 2021. And the main reason Wall Street analysts attributed to the sell-off in parent Alphabet shares following the release of its first quarter result. So Google just crushed it, and then the stock went down because everybody's like, oh, YouTube sucks. Um, what say you what, about all of this sort of making sense of all these numbers from earnings and ad sales and the headlines that are saying ads growing and then ads are sucking and what, you know, what do you think? Well, as far as I can tell, if we're judging ad spend through, you know, what on the fan companies, there's nothing wrong with advertising. The advertising is plentiful. I think we're in a golden age right now of advertising spend. It just depends on where you're spending that money. The problem seems to be TikTok. From what I'm looking at, if you look at what's going on with Meta and the user base and the and the watch time and look at what's going on with YouTube and, okay, great. They didn't have 20% growth. They had 14% growth. Still not bad, but not growing like crazy. What's really going on here? It I think that TikTok is just taking the lion's share of what's left. That That's what I'm... I don't I know if you're saying right. that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what we're seeing is a similar thing that happened uh, about five or six years ago, I want to say five, six, seven years ago, when we saw so much movie money move into uh, Facebook. Yes. Where we saw Facebook's growth get huge and we saw a real deceleration in things like uh, Microsoft and Google. And it was basically money and, by the way, display ads on, on publishers. And we actually had many episodes of this show where we talked about how money was moving from smaller and smaller publishers uh, into big companies, and it was really the, the the sort of moving of money of digital. And if you you know if you talk to any major publisher and the Buzzfeeds of the world and major public publishers, and they were saying, yeah, advertising is dead. But then you looked at Google and Facebook, and they were going, no, advertising is alive and well, and it was just money moving around. And at some point. 
it got to the point where Facebook and Google were 86% of the ad market, um, of the digital ad market. And when we see now is TikTok coming in and basically drinking Google's and, uh, and more importantly, Facebook's milkshake. And they are, they are coming in and they are taking money away. And I think, I would guess, um, I don't have any data to support this, that the deceleration in YouTube is all about TikTok. It's all about money moving from YouTube ads into into TikTok because that makes sense, right? Because search was always the driver in YouTube, and discovery is more of the is more of the uh, the, the TikTok model, and it's new enough that you can still get a lot of reach for your dollar uh, on TikTok and really get a lot of uh, engagement. And so your your dollar just goes further. Well, and you're I agree, but also the experience on a TikTok or an Instagram is a different kind of ad experience than you're going to get with pre-roll and mid-roll for the most part on YouTube. Now, I know that YouTube's going with YouTube Shorts and they're going to have a uh, an Instagram and a TikTok type experience as well, but but it seems to me that most people don't mind that type of ad experience versus oh my god I got to sit through 60 seconds of pre-roll and then oh my god I'm right into the good part of the video and then I'm going to mid-roll it's different right. that's right it's different and I think that, it is different. I think that you're seeing this and it's it's weird I don't know if you're seeing this in LA but I, you know as I'm walking into I was just at um I went into a Dave's Hot Chicken so I went into a Dave's Hot Chicken for oh my god you and your re- you you and your restaurant I mean I I want to take you to a proper restaurant <laughs> no 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 I really do so, I, I gotta I've got to talk about this so my it, it was my youngest just turned nineteen so happy birthday Adam <laughs> right and and we asked him and he got to go to a Dave's Hot Chicken he, for we his asked birthday? him where he wanted that... to go for his birthday and he wanted okay. to go to a Dave's All Hot right. Chicken. I didn't know anything about Dave's Hot Chicken, but there's two new locations here in Cleveland, which I guess are some of the first ones. His favorite streamer is Hassan Piker, and Hassan's favorite place is Dave's Hot Chicken. So that's that's why we ended up there. Anyways, long story short, I'm waiting for my Dave's Hot Chicken order to come, waiting for my my extra mild, because you know I can't stand anything spicy. I'm oh, with you. Light yeah, mild right. chicken yeah. to come. And I'm looking around. And of course, I'm walking around to see what people are looking at on their phones, and every one of them's on TikTok. And I'm not even exaggerating. Oh, that's interesting. They right. are all on TikTok. And by the way, they're kids, they're older adults, they're men, they're women, everybody. Yeah. Oh, my my wife is all in on the TikTok. She's, I mean, you know, I can hear it from my office, right? She, when she's in the when she's in the other room having her lunch or having her breakfast, I can hear the you know that that computer voice that always comes out with uh, with on the TikTok videos and all that stuff and that song uh, it, there's so many songs that are sort of get earworms in your head because um, they all use the same songs and it's just yeah, yeah. I mean it's it, it's it's crazy how how much usage it has among by the way not just kids but you know like you're saying adults too yeah so th- and that's the thing that surprised me we knew that this was a Gen Z millennial type of thing but I had no idea that my age group and older are getting into this TikTok thing and it is it is out of control. So now that it's hitting your the YouTubes of the world and the metas of the world doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And you're, and you're going to continue to see this. I would probably say that I don't see anything stopping TikTok from having the, the most extraordinary 2 to 3 year run of revenue growth that we've ever seen with any of the fan companies. I really think that right now you're going to see 50, 60, 70% revenue growth coming out of TikTok. And where is that coming from? It's coming from YouTube. It's coming from Meta. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing the dip in those stock prices. It's a good time to be an ad salesperson at TikTok. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. You basically just have to have your browser open and. Yeah. The the orders are coming in. Fielding. Yeah. The fielding, the request. Fantastic. Uh, Fascinating. All right. Well, then let's look at the other side of that coin, um, which is on the subscription side of the world, uh, which is subscriptions versus ads. And maybe subscription services aren't dead quite yet. It's only mostly dead. Uh, 
Anyway, uh, the first, uh, we're going to link three stories here um, because there are three very interesting stories about subscription. The first is sort of coming back to our discussion of Twitter is Twitter might go that way. Um, This is something that has certainly been discussed ad nauseum on any of the Monday morning quarterbacking that's going on with regard to what Twitter strategy should be. And by the way, we've all Everybody on social media has gone from being expert epidemiologists to expert, you know, financial analysts for social media networking. Um, I don't know about your Facebook feed. Yeah, it just happens that fast. We just all switch over to our new expertise. Anyway, the uh, this comes courtesy of Media Post, and it's Twitter Mull's ad-free platform. Do the TV networks benefit? So the article opens up by saying, could Twitter really make a transition to a world of subscriptions and leave advertising behind? And if so, who benefits from those ad dollars left on the table? Just a week ago, Netflix said it would do kind of the opposite segue into an advertising-supported service while still maintaining a powerful subscription platform. So there are new players interested in changing vulnerable ad dollars. Now you have Elon Musk and buying his $44 billion toy, uh, and has, by the way, that's my, that not the editorial, that's my editorial. Uh, this all comes at a cost, and the article goes on to talk about how Twitter is now mulling the idea of a subscription-based platform. I think this is more of media posts putting words into Twitter's mouth more than it is actual anything that they're saying. But uh, at the same time, this is a model that has been uh, talked a lot about for Twitter and how, and we talked about it last week, about how both Joe and I would definitely pay It leads us to a second story that we'll link to, which is from thefix.media, new site that I just discovered that was really interesting, I thought, an interesting new site um, that I didn't know about anyway. I don't know how new the site actually is. Uh, And the article is called, No, Subscriptions Aren't Doomed, Despite What Netflix and CNN Plus Signal to the Industry. The article uh, starts off by saying, the biggest media story of the week has been how Netflix lost subscribers. Not really sure that's the biggest media story of the week, but okay, (laughs) Dave. Um, Anyway, second biggest was probably that Warner Brothers Discovery is shutting down CNN Plus. Not even sure that's the second biggest story. Anyway, uh, on it goes to talk about how uh, ostensibly uh, they what went wrong with Netflix and what went wrong with CNN Plus. Uh, and basically then the lessons learned here are that a number of experts then weigh in on his article and talk about how publishing to the subscription model isn't quite dead, and that there's actually a lot of evidence of the contrary. That is then supported with the third article that we will link to, which is Morning Brew, and this comes courtesy of CNBC, has now topped 4 million newsletter subscribers as it looks to start to expand its own footprint with mergers and acquisitions. So it's going to start acquiring things. I, I, By the way, I couldn't be happier for those guys, the Morning Brew. First of all, they put out an amazing product. Second of all, they just, I mean, I don't know them at all, but they just seem like really nice guys. Um, And so it's just, it's nice to see the good guys winning and they're just, they're just crushing it. They're just absolutely crushing it. Um, Anyway, with all of that in mind, what, what do you, what do you have to say about the subscription model? Well, it's actually just on the morning brew thing. I did, I knew that they sold out a a portion to uh, Insider, which is owned by Axel Springer. I did not realize that it was a majority of what they own. So I don't know what their ownership stake in Morning Brew is anymore. But what I thought was interesting is they let the owners uh, continue to operate their own like internal unit and they basically can do whatever they want. So that's a really good thing. If you want right. to keep the founder right. al- yeah. founders along, give them a nice little side project they're passionate about and away they go. And I think you've, you've seen that happen. And Yeah, and a platform, basically a platform and money to do yeah. it and resources and give give them a passion project, and then they also are sticking around the offices so that you can see that they're there and everybody's happy. Everybody's happy, absolutely. Based on the three, the trifecta of articles that you put forward, I this and this is just and I get why writers do this, but it's never all or nothing. Like Twitter is not going to become an ad completely ad free platform. Uh, look at the way the New York Times did. New York Times didn't say, oh, my God, we're going to digital subscriptions. That's all we're going to do. We're completely yeah. going to get rid of everything else. No, they don't. They still sell advertising. They still do events. They still sell tchotchkes and merch and everything else that they do. They still got the games. You know, they bought Wordle. This is all there's many, many d- different things happening in a 
media company like this, and if you look at any, even small media company, but let's just say small to mid-sized media company, they have six, seven, eight, nine, ten different ways that they drive revenue. So if you are Twitter, if you are Netflix, so Netflix is making that move right now, correct? So they went, okay, they were just paid, subscription only. Now we're going to add. Now they're going, they already do licensing. They already do a ton of other things. They've got merch. So they are doing what every smart media company has done since the dawn of time. They are diversifying their revenue streams. The Morning Brew article is a great one. How did Morning Brew start? Free subs, 100% advertising. Well, now they're getting into paid training. Now they're getting into paid subscriptions. Uh, now they're getting into, uh, well, they've been in doing into the merchandise thing. They're launching all sorts of network ideas. They've got the podcast. So they've been diversifying. They're doing this. So back to your whole thing is it's just never all or nothing. This is just a smart, whether you're a content entrepreneur or you're a media company, once you build a loyal audience, you generally have a one or two major revenue lines. And then once you get to a maturity level, then you diversify those lines out and you sell many different things. That's that's right. That's, uh, by the way, that's, that's right. almost every company on the planet. That's how it's. That's how they grow and operate. They don't just sell the same thing. 3M, you've used this example before. 3M, I think every three years they turn over fifty percent of their revenue to different products. Right. So we're just so fixated. And oh my God, is Twitter going to go ad free? Oh, is, is it going to be paid subscription? The answer is probably they're going to do all the things because that's what smart companies do. It's true. It has, and that's especially true in the media business because every media business that is successful has a diversified revenue line. Yeah. That's just that's just the way they work. And if we're to learn anything in this from, you know, the <laughs> one of the things that I often talk about is with clients is we often mistake the what it means when, you know, People like you and I say, you need to operate more like a media company. What people hear is we need to market ourselves more like a media company. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking about. Because, by the way, media companies market themselves in just as siloed and horrible and ineffective way as everybody else does. And I know because I've worked for a media company and I know that. But what we're meaning is, is that how you develop the operations behind your content products that's what we mean by operating like a media company, because when we think about content marketing, diversifying the value that we're creating is thinking like a media company and how we're actually going to, you know, everything from reaching potential customers to reaching those who would subscribe to our content to monetizing through partnerships through can we save money by actually generating some revenue with our content that's what this means. That's what all of this means because every successful media company at some point diversifies. Even the feature film studios, right? If you look at feature film studios, they're not only counting on box office, but they, you know, the, what do they do? They, they release it in the theaters, which is, you know, you have to access the, the, the content via ticket price. Then after a certain window, it goes to licensing out to the cable and the airlines mm -hmm. and, and everywhere else. Then it goes where? It goes to broadcast TV, where they monetize it through licensing for advertising. And so all of those models are in play for just about every successful media company out there. And, and just to your point, the only question is what order you do it in. Um, you know, one can argue that Netflix moving from subscription to advertising is a bigger lift than the other way around, you know, because what we've talked about other streaming services like a Hulu or a Peacock that have started with ad based models and then added in the subscription, like taking away the ads, maybe not as much of a heavy lift. Um, but it's interesting because. All of those things point to, and New York Times is a great example of this, finding the different ways that you create product with your audience. And they've, they're doing, I mean, New York Times is now in just about every business you can think of from selling hard products like coffee mugs and t-shirts and everything with their brand on it to consulting and agency services mm -hmm. to media to subscriptions to 
you know, paying for access to interactive games, all of those things are, or, you know, it's just a diversified revenue stream. And the one that makes the headlines, of course, is subscription, because that's the transition from their, uh, from their pure based advertising model on the, on the newspaper side. But as you point out, even that was a transition that took them three or four years. They didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. They basically transitioned over time. I think that people do not consider the amount of time it takes to become successful with this thing. And just take a second. We'll put the Morning Brew link. It's from CNBC in the show notes. But they started as a PDF e-newsletter in 2016. Yeah. So it's taking them. Yeah. So, okay, great. They, they're at 4 million subscribers now. 1 million of those just came in the last year. They pretty much had three to four years in obscurity. Just trying to make it. Yeah. By the way, that's just that's about right. every other uh, individual or group that tries to do something like this and build a content brand. Whether you work for a large enterprise or whether you're working for yourself. It's, it takes about three years to really hit a stride of, oh, we can make money off of this. Whether you do so directly like a media company does or whether you do so through selling more products or services. Like you would consider more content marketing goals, if you will. Yeah, it takes that long. Well, and that, and that, and 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 to your point, it takes that long with a content marketing platform as well, yes. right? It's it's we 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 so often, and I've just watched this happen with so many businesses that we've worked with. The immediate expectations for results, um, we still have this sort of classic marketing expectation that, you know, we launched the blog on day one. And then day two, people are going, well, where are the leads? And it's like, no, that's not the way any of this works. You know, it's you have to find and build the audience for you to start drawing. The, the, the value is in the audience. It's not in the content. And so the key is how do you actually build that audience over time? Because the more time you can spend building your audience and engaging your audience deeply so that they care about what it is you're doing, the more opportunities you have to monetize them. The only reason that Netflix has a shot at an ad-based model is because they've proven themselves worthy of creating content mm-hmm. that people care about. And that's, you know, and again, that may or may not be a heavier lift than subscription. We'll see. Um, but the only reason that anybody has any ability to multiply their revenue models in any sort of media setting is because you first create value with an audience that wants to stick around. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's it, you know, and so it just takes time to do that. Like any product, it takes time to do well, that. Well, it should also be and, noted, you know, we, we've been talking about CNN Plus and CNN Minus and that whole debacle, but we should realize that that's probably the rule and not the exception when you look at a content marketing case study when you want to look at you know when somebody asks you or i why did this content marketing program fail it's generally because it didn't get the right amount of internal buy-in and somebody killed the project before it gained right. before That's it exactly garnered results right. what was that one i've sugar string or something from verizon remember that like five yeah. years ago yep. it thing yep. lasted yep. like 30 days like and the media got a hold of it oh my god uh, verizon's content marketing effort failed well it didn't even get started because it didn't that's get the right, right internal buy-in. So that's why the, you you have to realize that this is not advertising necessarily where you can say, oh, we're going to go do direct marketing advertising and we know the percentage that we need to hit to get people to change their behavior or buy this thing or whatever. You're, you're To your point, you're building trust and, uh, and responsibility to become this leading informational expert. And it takes a long time to do that. So you, it's a you have to point. sell it internally and, first. And they didn't obviously a, didn't do that. That was when I see CNN plus and everybody talking about, oh, I had failed and whatever, not the fit, discovery, buyout, whatever. All you need to look at is it didn't get the buy-in from the right executives and it was killed on start. That's right. It was dead before it even that's launched. Exactly it, right. That's that's for sure. And I, I don't know, did you did you hear Galloway talk about some of that? Uh, where no, I don't think so. Which part? He's uh, the, the how it happened. He they he he sort of broke down what what went on with um, how it how it actually went down, um, and he found out through the media, by the way. So this thing was dead before, and he talked about how the two CEOs 
of you know discovery and 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 of 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 Warner and 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 the you know the sort of uh, approval of CNN Plus basically. Uh, the, the, the way he related is that CNN Plus sort of stuck up the middle finger and said, "We're doing this whether you acquire the company or not." And Discovery was like, uh, "All right, got it. Go do what you're going to do." And then basically, when they launched and the deal went down, the Discovery people went, "Yeah, bye bye. It you know, l- l- new new sheriff in town. You're done." So you're exactly you're right on the money if you believe what had the way Galloway sort of related is. It didn't have internal buy-in from the beginning. Yes. And basically everybody, and what Galloway was so mad about was that the money had already been spent. As he said, you know, you, you, everybody's going to get paid. And so this was literally an F you, uh, sort of, you didn't get internal buy-in because they basically said, we don't care about the money, we're killing it. And, and we think it's a bad idea. So it doesn't even matter if you get the money. If you don't continue to get the buy-in, you're 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 looking at something that can be dead on arrival. It's, because if it doesn't get if it doesn't get the support, exactly. then you're not gonna you know you can launch the blog, but it doesn't matter at that point because you've got to have the operational management of it to to make it successful. It's, just, it's so weird. I mean, I just look at some of these articles so differently than some other people just because we you and I've been talking about this stuff so long. When it says they only got a hundred and fifty thousand paid subscribers in the first two weeks and i'm like wow that's pretty good <laughs> it's like yeah. you got 150,000 people to pay for this service that didn't exist two weeks ago wow that's right who set the who who set who set up those expectations for it to fail well we know we know management wanted it to fail so yeah let's make it, it didn't look bad. matter it didn't matter and in fact galloway hypothesized his conspiracy theory is that the negative news that you saw was actually leaked by discovery he he thinks yeah. that the the bad news was he said they 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 wanted air cover to be able to say why they killed it, and this was their way of saying that you know so that the CEO the new CEO could say to Wall Street we're already making changes right you know new sheriffs in town you know because they have many 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 more problems than than uh, than a little streaming service called CNN yes. Plus, um, but th- th- we'll you know. We'll see how many more actions they take, but that was the whole thing about this. It had nothing to do with its success, the quality of the content, or anything like that. It was it was dead on arrival. Yeah, I'm on, yeah you don't you, you had you had no results. You had literally yeah. no results at the time that they they let it go. So what do you know? That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely yes. right. Um, all right. How are we on time? Because I'm recording in a new way, and I don't have the the, the actual time here um, uh, we, stamp we like can I do, normally do. We can do, do the quick. You want to do the quick overview on the beauty company? I do yeah, want to do that. Do that. And then um, we can do our all right. Fan- and raves. Fantastic. Uh, so uh, this story is coming to us courtesy of Wall Street Journal, and it is absolutely a fascinating one, folks. The headline is that beauty company Oddity uh, to offer crypto token tied to IPO. Oddity Tech Limited, a New York-based online beauty care retailer, is going to offer investors a new kind of security that combines traditional equities with the digital infrastructure behind cryptocurrencies. Oddity, which sells products through its Il Maquillage and Spoiled Child brands, uh, I'm kind of proud of myself for attempting that pronunciation, uh, is offering a so-called security token. The token converts into a share of stock in an eventual initial public offering at a 20% discount to the IPO price. Proceeds will be used for general corporate purposes, the company said. Unlike other tokens, though, oddity tokens won't be tradable after they are issued. The company said a condition that will be programmed into the contracts governing them. That means investors would have to wait for the IPO to sell and realize any profit. Security tokens are assets that are created and traded in the same way as Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in that they exist wholly on digital platforms. The difference is that they are offered as regulated assets and can have specific characteristics programmed into them, such as equity ownership or profit sharing. The assets have similar characteristics to stocks and bonds. So the article goes on to sort of explain more about this and when it's all going to go down. Um, It's basically open until May 11th for anybody who wants to go try this out. it's very similar to the idea of ICOs, initial coin offerings, which were back in the 2016-2017 timeframe. And I remember those from the startup sort of ideas. So 
Is this anything new, Joe? Is this revolutionary? Is this something that's really, you know, changing the way that NFTs are done? Or what's your take well, on yeah, this? Well, yeah, it's it's an iteration of something that's already being done. Obviously, you have to be, if I'm reading this correctly, Robert, you have to be an accredited investor, which means you have to probably have at least $1 million in holdings. This is not open to everyone. So this is almost like doing a little private stock offering or... Yeah, you know, do it a percentage of lend and that you can't get your money back until certain things happen. I don't it's cute, right? They're doing it with a token, they're calling it on it's on it's on the blockchain, but I don't see a lot of things differently than if you were going to do um something for private investors and just send out a note. But you're just you have this representation of the token, great. I mean, the reason why you have to do this too is you can't do it as an NFT. This is from my knowledge, and I'm not a legal expert by any means, but if you, let's say you release a thousand NFTs and you say, oh, we're going to do profit sharing from our company through this, you're in S- you can't do that. That's an SEC violation. So right, you, that's right. You, you can't say, oh, I'm going to release all these and as NFTs and everyone gets a percentage of ownership. You can't do that. That's, an, that's SEC, SEC violations. You can't do that. But you can do this because they're setting it up exactly of what it says regulation D guidelines from the SEC because it also accredited investors. That's the one thing is great about cryptocurrencies in general is you don't have to be a millionaire or billionaire to get some of these opportunities. But this one looks no different than anything else because you still have to be a millionaire to get this thing. Might as well do it. Yes. Might as well not have done it as crypto. But yeah. whatever. It's it's a it, it, right, it's a stunt. It, you know, like like we've talked about before with some of the NFTs which are more in name than they are in actual function, um, which is you know, you, they could have done this, they could have done this without the stock idea. And sort of raised money through NFTs, like so many restaurants and other you know retailers are doing, by saying, "Hey, listen, you get an NFT and you get a ticket to yeah. this thing, or you get a special table, or you get your name over the table, or you buy you know whatever it is." There's a, I, I'm getting hit up by the way on these. It seems like every single day somebody's got a new investment opportunity for me um, on, on on NFTs and you know a golf course and get a hole named after you and oh uh, good lord. Um, <laughs> And so, <laughs> so, so yeah, which silly. hole would you but, be, uh, Robert? That's, uh, what, know, that's what everybody yes, wants to know. That's the, you know, I'm just going to let yeah, that just, sit just, there. I'm just going to let, let that, that sit there. And No, you're yeah. right. I mean, so so this is, you know, we, we don't even know. We've talked about this before. We don't know where NFTs are going. This is in full experimental stage. A lot of people are doing a lot of cool things. Like we talked about. With our our CEX never. Ended. I applaud them for the marketing effort. Yeah, I applaud them. That's for the marketing exactly effort. what I mean, this is. Yeah, because yeah, like you with a lot of the NFTs that are out there right now, you could do them as paid membership programs. But you're this doing is, it. You're doing it. Oh, th- yeah. that there is some owner. I do believe in the ownership aspect. I do believe in the resellability. I, I do believe in the control, the peer to peer. Those are all additional things that are not there when you do like a membership model. So there are some How, new things to it. But yeah. is it revolutionary? Maybe not yet. We're we're getting yeah. there. We're get, we're we're iterating. Well, I mean, I, you know, you're sitting in the pitch meeting for this thing and somebody goes, "Hey, you guys want to newsjack the Wall Street Journal? I got a way to do this." This whole like, you know, uh, angel seed round that we're going out for this investment thing, you know, where we're where we're going out and getting investment and doing things right by the SEC and all that stuff. Let's throw an NFT angle to this thing and a token, and we're gonna we're gonna get. I'll guarantee you an article in the Wall Street Journal. And everybody went, "Oh my gosh, that's fantastic!" So some PR person and marketing person definitely made their salary this month because this it's a great, wonderful publicity article for Oddity Tech. Absolutely, it's yes. So we'll. We'll see where it goes, but yeah. marketing is marketing. Yeah. Market <laughs> that marketing that should, is marketing. That, that should be the that, name of this. That show. should be the name. That's the name of this marketing episode, right there. You just nailed marketing. it. Marketing yes. is marketing. Well, can you define marketing, uh, Mr. Rose? Uh, it's marketing. marketing. It's, it's, it's mostly marketing. about marketing. And mostly, mo- sometimes it's not. Sometimes but it's when not, it is, it's mostly about marketing. It is. And that's just okay. the most profound thing that you could ever say. 
That's fine. Uh, it's, it'll be your tweetable moment, folks. <laughs> All right. There we go. Right. Let's get Mao quickly to our most uh, favorite part of the actual show, or the empirically proven audience favorite part of the show, which is our rants and rave section where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave that makes us feel like Elon or somebody that makes us feel... You know who's got to be feeling bad about this? This whole thing are all of these startup right-wing social networks like, you know, Getter and and Truth Social and because all, all of their thunders just got stolen, right? I mean, it's just like, it, you know, because uh, that growth, by the way, in all, all of the right-wing side on Twitter is is immediately sucking all the wind out of all those sort of right wing, you know. I would probably, yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you. I would imagine that if you looked at Parler and well, truth, truth is not, we can't even talk about truth anymore. We knew that well, truth wasn't Trump even going to happen. Trump, Trump came out and basically said, I'm not going on, I'm, I'm not going on uh, the Twitter anymore. I'm going to stick with my own, the one that I'm basically my company. <laughs> you know, the fact that he actually had to say that was pretty funny, but the, the, but then you look and he's tweeted or tweeted truth, I guess, I guess you would call that. I don't know how you verb, verb it, uh, but um, he once he's, he's, he's actually posted on truth social one time, one whole time. So it, it's those things that you talk about DOA. I mean, those things are DOA. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. What do you, what right. do you got? You uh, got something? You, I got what I got. Yeah, I do. I have a very fun one. This okay. is a rave for sure. Um, and uh, it, it is. So you're familiar with Movember, the, yes. the, yes. the charity. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Movember, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, is a charity um, nonprofit organization. They focus on men's health primarily, uh, and the they do everything from testicular cancer to mental health to suicide prevention, prostate cancer. Uh, they you know they have, they have the whole thing: shave your mustache, um, Movember, and 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 all of that. Fantastic organization that does a really lot of fun, interesting things uh, for men's health. They have partnered with uh, a, a artist group, streetwear, lifestyle brand uh, group um, and called Mashika. I think it's the pronunciation, Mashika, New York City. Uh, they have, they're sort of a design house more than anything else. They have created this fun NFT-based game called Non-Fungible Testicles. It's just so fun. Um, Nonfungibletesticles.io is the URL if you want to go check it out. It is, they're minting NFTs as a game. And so the, the, the way it works is you go and you sign up uh, through your, it's a Solana wallet that you'll need. Um, and you go and sign up for this thing. And basically the game is from now till June, July 3rd, which is when the game ends, you have to check your NFT. You have to check your testicles once a week. Um, and if you don't, it loses traits. It loses sort of features and becomes less valuable, I guess, is the way to say it. And so then it's a game that you play. And then at the end of, on July 3rd, they'll they'll end the game and the whole thing. And the whole thing basically is is around checking, you know, checking yourself, right? And it's, and, and it's, you know, you're supposed to, as a man, you're supposed to check yourself in the shower um, for, you know, for, uh, for cancer. And it's a great way to raise awareness around testicular cancer uh, as a way to fun way to do it, taking advantage of the NFT thing. Um, and on July 3rd, uh, they're, they're going to be doing something. They haven't quite said the roadmap goes out till July 3rd, where they said their game will be over, but they're, they have more fun things than planned. So it, it's just, I, I signed up for it. I thought it was lovely, a wonderful thing. I thought it was really interesting and I thought I'd mention it here because it's just uh, it, it's it's a fun thing taking taking advantage of a real hype that's going on in the market right now. I I was wondering what the project would be to get you all in on NFTs and now we found it. Not all well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I'm all in, but I this is an application I can get behind, yes. right? This is a I lo- this is an application for fun Absolutely. that I can get behind. Yeah. This is it's I'm at the site right now. It's it looks very fun. Oh, and they yeah, the way that How they it designed it in a it, nutshell. The, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. You're going to have a ball, good, you know. There's so there's so many yeah. dumb puns that they've got there. It's just great. Exactly. Uh well that wonderful example. So, um as I told you in the beginning of the show, uh, I wanted to to check out that app Be Real. We covered it, I think it was two episodes ago. We talked about yeah. the, the app yeah, Be yeah. Real. It was, you know, we 
it was one of the uh, fastest growing apps in the first quarter. They had 2 million app downloads in March. And for those of you that don't remember that episode or you're a new listener, basically here's how it works. You know, you set up your account, uh, Be Real, and then you go ahead and find your friends. And when you go ahead and you get your friends, you get all set up. Once a day at random, the Be Real app pings you. Now, you have no idea when it's going to happen. Uh, and then you're supposed to, you have two minutes basically to take a picture of you and your environment. And then you post about it. And it's supposed to be, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm not all, you know, this is, I'm not on the beach. I'm not staging this. This is be real. Get it? It's, it's like, I'm, I'm really here. This is my thing. And you and I were both like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea, right? So we're, we're like, oh, we're, in, we're into yeah. it. This is something. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I want to give it a, a shot. I like the idea. It's definitely different. Uh, although you and I both did question, like, what if somebody is in school or crossing the street? Like, all, you know, sure. Hex yep, right exactly. Things. But anyways. So, okay, as the marketing person that I'm supposed to be, I go ahead and I download the app to see what's what. I sign up. It goes through my contacts so I can see who else is using it. Oh, because, dear. by the way, you can't – This it only goes to people you know and you connect with. It's not like a Twitter where it goes out to everyone. And oh, it's not a broadcast. No, it's not a broadcast. Okay, that's it, like, it just goes yeah. to your friends. So it's like really, really like personal social media stuff. So it goes and checks my contacts. And guess what happens? I know one person. I literally have like 5,000 contacts. And I know one person that's using this app. And by the way, it was the daughter of one of my friends. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's for the kids. Yeah, yeah for exactly. the, definitely for the so kids. So I felt... So a couple things happened there. I felt really old, and then I deleted the app. So that was my. Oh, you said you didn't even. <laughs> I didn't, you didn't even, even do try it. it. No, what am I gonna do? You didn't it? even try. Am it. I gonna say, yeah, yo, here I am making a podcast with Robert Rose, but I'm broadcasting it to nobody. What? Well, it's not about the number of followers, Joe. It's about the quality of those followers. Okay, what do you, you call social that media now. that is only going to yourself? <laughs> like <laughs> this is. Yeah. It's something. No, there's, a, yeah. there's there's probably something around non fungible yeah, exactly. testicles there, but exactly I, yeah. what I was going to say. So, anyways, maybe yes. someday when I know people, like you and I, could probably get on it that we could send posts to each other. But we already text, so what's the deal? It's that's no, right. Yeah, we already we already have that it, social it's network. It's thing. called our text messaging app. Yeah. So fantastic. Anyways, that's All my right. Story. All right. Well, I'm going to see you next week. That's right. Um, in person, in real life. I had so we're actually going to be able to see each other. I head on on a plane tomorrow, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Creator Economy Expo starts. May By the time 2nd. I get to Phoenix, yes, she'll be waiting. It should be fun. We know a lot. A it's lot of our friends time. are going to be there. Uh, it'll be a little bit of, re- of a reunion. We've got a lot of amazing smart. Uh, well, you know what surprised me, Robert? We got a lot of people for coming from Europe, and uh, we got one person coming from Australia. I didn't expect any internationals this year. With considering everything but here yeah. we are and uh you know it's going to be an event i think the europeans are uh, i think the europeans are way more ready to travel internationally than we are um that's my experience anyway yeah you're probably right and they especially depending on which country you're coming from because they're like we're that's done true. with it it's it's yeah. over yeah well and they you know their vaccination rates are in the high 80s low 90 percent you know where we're still at 60 or yeah. 70 or something. and i was saying yeah. i was talking to mitch joel yesterday he's in montreal and he said their uh vaccination rate is like 95 percent yeah like, it's crazy well, well, no, the uk is similar yeah the uk is similar yeah so yeah so i'm looking forward I'll, to seeing you and uh and I'm, it's gonna be great and you're doing an awesome presentation too so i'm doing a fun presentation in fact it'll be very it not it will be reminiscent of some of the things that we talked about today i'm going to be talking about knowing your audience and why that's an important thing for content entrepreneurs to to do and a process by which to do it so yeah hopefully it'll be it'll be a lot of fun and i talk a lot about netflix and pop culture in it so um yeah lots to learn lots to learn and i'm looking forward to being in phoenix and i'm looking forward to the rally day so yeah we get the rally creator day yeah that's on monday so a rally uh, coin creators will be there and then uh, and then i'll i'd already told you that i was going to to buy you a drink i'm buying lots of people yes. drinks but i specifically you're gonna need to I'm buy me more than buy one you a drink it, it, yeah hopefully yeah, they have some top shelf one. tequila so it'll cost me 700 dollars. 
That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly. Just get your wallet ready. There you go. Get your wallet ready. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. First of all, huge thanks to our show contributors this week. Uh, Mark Beeple. Did I pronounce his name right? Beeple. Did I pronounce Beeple. Mark's name yep. right? Beeple? Like Peppel? Yep. Like Pebble. Yep. Like Mark Beppel. Beppel. He's at Mark Beppel, yep. uh, B-O-E-P-P-L-E on Twitter. So go follow Mark. Heath Dingwell, um, who seems like every single week he contributes something. So thank you so much for that, Heath, at Heath Dingwell uh, on uh, on the Twitter. And uh, for sending over the wonderful non-fungible testicles.io, I have to fr- thank my friend Tim Walters, at Tim underscore Walters, uh, Dr. Tim Walters, that is, for anybody else. Um, thank you, Tim, for that. That is a wonderful, wonderful site, and uh, I have signed up for it. And for the rest of you, we are signing off. Um, until we see you and hear you next week um, at the wonderful CEX. I'm still waiting to understand whether that's sex or checks or kex, um, but we'll uh, get some definite, definitive answers on that. I know, I know. Exactly. In the meantime, if you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 320 episodes, just get on over to our website at thisoldmarketing.site. Remember, hashtag us up. We love those uh, story suggestions. It helps me put the show together. It helps us actually have something to talk about. Hashtag us up at This Old Marketing. And until we meet again next week, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. See you next week on This Old Marketing. <laughs>